Hi, I'm Mary Susan, and welcome to the Mommy Magic Podcast. Today's topic, faith, family, and finding your purpose, featuring Angela Gnote. Angela Gnote is WXIN, Fox 59's lead morning news anchor and reporter. She's a Hoosier with over 28 years in the business. Angela graduated from Indiana University and had no idea she wanted to go into television until a chance meeting with a fellow news anchor. What Angela loves? Well, she loves making people smile, giving people a voice, and seeking justice for those wrongly accused. She has two teenagers who play travel sports, keeping their family very busy at the volleyball courts and baseball fields. Her greatest TV moments? Winning four Emmys. Four. For important stories on the people that really do matter. In Angela's free time, she loves to spend the day at the beach. One of her family's favorite spots is Marco Island, Florida. She loves to fish with her family and take their boat out on the water. I've been lucky enough to know Angela personally for over 12 years, and she is one of the most steadfast, faithful people I've had the good fortune to know. Her concern and love for others radiates through her faith. I'm honored to call Angela my friend, and I'm so honored and excited to have her as a guest on today. Welcome, Angela Gnote. Mary Susan, thank you so much. That was beautiful. I'm, I'm, you, you know, one of the people that I, I get emotional very easy. So, um, thank you for having me. I love you. So it's, I was so excited when you asked me to, um, be on your podcast. And well, um, I have so to tell you, I, I cannot believe you have time to do this. You're so busy. I'm so grateful for your time. You have such an unbelievable, um faith and positivity and optimism that radiates from you. I am the one who's so grateful to have uh, your presence on today. And I just love you to pieces. Thank you so, so much. Absolutely. Let's talk, girl. You were talking Let's about Marco talk. Island. Yes. I'm okay. getting ready to leave on Friday for the beach. So um, I'm excited. You're hanging on, hanging on to yes. Friday. Oh, exactly. So we, um, you know, you actually had a humongous impact on my opportunity to be on Fox 69. You made the decision. I had written a book a gazillion years ago um, and you got someone gave it and put it in your hands and you were kind uh -huh. enough to give me a shot. Um, and for, I'm forever grateful because I've had the opportunity um, to be on Fox 69. Thanks to you for the last 12 years uh, as your contributor for family and lifestyle on air. And for that, I'm forever grateful. But most importantly, when I met you for the first time, um, first of all, you know, you're a local celebrity. Everybody knows you. You've been doing this forever. You're the best of the best, the top of the top of the food chain uh, when it comes to morning news and news anchors. Um, so it's, it's a little bit um, intimidating interviewing the best of the best, if I can say that. Um, but today, I really just wanted you to share your story because I know I am not the only person that you've extended your grace and your mercy to and given an opportunity to shine. Um, and you've impacted my life. And I, and I try to do the same for others because you gave me that shot and that opportunity. So, you know, could you just kind of share your story a little bit and, and what led you to this purpose and this particular work and how that's impacted your overall approach to life. Uh, Mary Susan, thank you. You know, it's so, I'm, I'm such a, I'm so hard on myself. And when I hear anybody say words like that, it's hard sometimes just to say thank you, you know, because 
I don't always see myself um, as doing, you know, really enough. Um, that's kind of how I live. Um, I feel like there's always more that I should be doing or could be doing. So we all have our faults and things that we need to work through. And that's one of mine. But I, you know, grew up in Brownsburg in a small, you know, really rural town at that point, had very strict parents, um, never smoked, never drank. Um, you know, they were very into um, discipline. And I only knew really of a little sheltered life that I led, um, very religious. I went to IU. Um, it was the only school I wanted to go to studying. I thought first I wanted to be a teacher. That was on my heart. And actually, funny story, guys, one of my friends that was in the class with me, we started doing, you know, lesson plans and learning about lesson plans. And I looked at her handwriting and it was so nice and neat. You couldn't even begin to read my lesson plan. And at that moment, sitting in class, it just overwhelmed me that I can't do this because I'm so like just all over the place all the time. So I changed my major to social work. I have a really um, just a fierce passion to help others and a fierce passion, especially for those that um, have something like injustice done to them, whether it be my older brother who was made fun of in high school, um, where I had to stand up as a freshman to the seniors um, just tormenting him to someone who was wrongfully in prison. Um, but I didn't know I was gonna go into journalism until after college, because then I decided that social work was not really what I what I was meant to do. So I think I just finally was like, okay, I can get paid to talk. So let's figure out a way to make it happen. <laughs> well, I definitely put you in the advocacy role. I mean, when I uh -huh. think of you, I think of you as a fierce advocate for others. Um, you have a passion for that and you yeah. follow that through not only through your work, but even personally, I mean, uh, you know, people ask me all the time, is Angela really as nice as she appears on television? And I absolutely will say she's nicer, like just the, the sweetest and, and you're so genuine. And, and I mean, we could be going on the air in three seconds and you will look to me and say, how's your daughter? Who's a diabetic oh, doing? Oh. And like, you're genuinely concerned and I, I definitely see that playing out in your life over and over. Um, can you talk a little bit about how your passion for advocacy has tied into your professional life as being a, a lead um, morning news anchor plus a reporter? Yeah, and I think that's hard because I think that because I am so fierce and so passionate, there are times when you could meet someone, you know, maybe somebody I work with that can say that about me, but also it's like, Ange, there's another side of her that is, I'm so, I get so mad sometimes and so frustrated and um, that I can also I'm gonna say be mean if that, if that word is, is fair and maybe I'm just too hard on myself, but I, it, what right and wrong is so in my face that when someone is not being treated fairly or right or being at least given the chance to be heard, it sends this just this feeling of, I can't sometimes explain it. And so for me, part of my walk with Jesus as a, as a strong Christian is to ask the Lord to help me every day with me being an advocate for people, but also learning how to give grace to others because, um, you know, you know, there's a saying that, you know, sometimes you can see the the splinter and I mean, the, the splinter in someone else's eye, but you can't see the log in your own. 
And I try to look at that all the time and say, hey, Ange, but you're being like really intense right now and you need to dial it back right now because this person, you they deserve grace in this instance. So I don't know if I really answered that question, but that was something that's on my heart because I feel like I am so intense at times that that can be overlooked with sometimes um, with some of the people that I'm around because I, I, I also, in wanting to help people, I'm also a TV news anchor and our job is to be number one. Our job is to have the highest ratings while also helping people. And that's like kind of a hard balance sometimes. Yeah, I could totally see that. Well, you know, I like to tell my husband because I'm intense too. I like to call it passion. So call it what you want. <laughs> but I like to call it passion. I don't care what he calls it. But yeah, right. um, you know, but you know, for those people who who are consumers of the news, mm -hmm. watch the news, they may not truly understand the urgency of, yeah. of the newsroom. So, you know, you couple you know, your advocacy and your mm -hmm. passion for others with that timing of just your profession, which is always urgent. News is always urgent, right? Yeah. yeah. Um, so I can see how, you know, that is it. So, you know, my question is, how does faith play a role in you staying positive? Because that takes a lot of energy to consume news um, and and headlines coming at you and, and um, feeling that urgency and that passion, as I know you do, yeah. um, you know, do you, do you take a moment and pray during the day? Do uh -huh. you meditate? Like how yeah. do you stay grounded? And, Cause you're one of the most upbeat, positive people I know. Where do you draw that energy from? Um, first of all, I, I think by just by nature, I'm, I've always been high energy. I've always talked fast. Um, and when I was in elementary school, I would get a minus in conduct because I always talked fast and people always say, oh my gosh, Angie, <laughs> slow down. So I always had energy to begin with. Um, but then also I always start my day. Joyce Meyer is a, f a favorite of mine just to listen. So like when I'm putting my makeup on in the morning, I would say four out of five days, I'm listening to a 20 or 30 minute message, uh, from her. And then that's like while I'm blow drying, like right after I blow dry my hair and I'm getting ready in my in my my in my house. And then when the car, when I get in the car, I usually listen to a couple of radio stations for some headline news. And then for at least 10 to 15 minutes, I listen to worship music. And if I'm feeling extra intense about like maybe I feel like the you know maybe I've gotten called, you know, from both sides of the aisle, I get you know maybe called called the c word from. Uh, a Republican to a Trump lover from a Democrat. I'm getting called like names left and right from both sides. And I just sit and I pray and say, God, please, I trust you. And I trust you have me in this position for a, a reason. Please allow me to use my voice in a way that is pleasing to you. And I don't think that I always do that because sometimes I have a, a I swear, and I have kind of a feisty you know, mouth sometimes, and we all have, you know, things we need to work on. But um, I do ask God every day to please be with me. And I trust him to take me and walk me through it. Yeah, it's hard, isn't it? When you're a faithful person, and the world revs you up, you know, to yeah. stay center, because you're like, you know, I know that I'm not supposed to be of this world and react. Mm -hmm. But man, you are really making me mad, right? Yeah. And Absolutely. I understand that that surge of anger that, uh -huh. I mean, like I said, if you're a type A person, um, yeah. like we both are with that intensity, and if you come at me or you come at my family, uh -huh. you will lose every day of the week or I will go down trying, right? Oh, so, girl, you know, amen. I mean, I will fight you. 
And I'm not proud of it. I'm not proud of it. I'm like, I will go toe to toe with you. And I, and I could get nasty and I'm not, I'm not proud of that. So it's like, okay, take it down, girl. Right, right. But I understand that because, you know, you're fiercely protective of your family. You're fiercely protective of your, uh, people, people. uh, Mm -hmm. of the, not the same circumstances or maybe not the same privilege. And you know, the world just operates and you've got so much coming at you, like you said, if people don't realize, um, you know, if you're in the newsroom, like Angela is, you know, you've got people from all walks of life, Mm -hmm. all different value systems attacking you. Um, I would think that, you know, starting your day, like you had, had you, like you explained with a discipline of starting centered, Mm -hmm. right? Yeah. Um, So how do you decompress after your day? So, you know, you started, you started focused yeah. And then you get in there and, and it's sometimes it's a cage fight, right? Right. Absolutely. And how, how do you transition into family life from taking on all that energy? I have a couple things. Um, first, I have a great husband. I mean, Brad DeBello is rock star central. I mean, the guy is always, he is always constant. He is never up, never down. And he's just like, girl. Like, I got you. And my kids, Ashlyn is hilarious because she's mom, mom, why are you worried about that? Or like, why does that even, why do you care? Like, who cares what, you know? And Brock is the same way. He's like, he's super level. But I, I think one thing that really struck me, and I think this is something that people can use. And I, I wanted to say this because I listened to a, a Andy Stanley sermon many years ago. And then I got um, the book about, it's called Guardrails. And it's about not flirting really with disaster and establishing personal guardrails for yourself. And so if if you set up for your life um, how how you are going to de- decompress or like my mom one day took my um, you know book of my calendar and said, Ange, where in this calendar do you have Angie time? Where do you have family time? You have that you're going to volunteer here and you're going to volunteer here. It is okay to say no. So after you're done with work, it's okay to say, no, I'm not doing that. And if you want me to still be a journalist and work here at Fox 59, here's what I'm okay to do. So my guardrail is I'm still on the phone all the time, believe me. And I have sources calling me and I'm, I'm, I'm helping people all day long, but I am going to go be a mom. I am going to go to my kid's school. I'm going to go to Brock's track meet. I'm going to be at his baseball game. I'm going to be traveling with Ashlyn in in Kansas City for her volleyball tournament. And if you're not okay with that and you need me to be somewhere else, then I'm not going to be a journalist anymore because I can't do both 100%. Um, And that guardrail for me is setting that up and letting everyone know that is my guardrail. And not only with that, it's setting a guardrail on if I do get off track, that I know that I have set that and it's okay that I'm going to fail sometimes, but as soon as I can and I realize it, I'm going to detour and I'm going to get right back on the road that I know is going to lead me to the destination that I want to be in. Yeah. You know what? I, I totally respect that, the boundary, like you, that, yeah. that the guardrail. I'm still going to order that book. Good. Because um, I think it's not only, you know, I'm obviously not a dude, so I can't re- reflect as a man, but as a woman, yeah. we are not taught that early enough. Mm-hmm. And, and the, the power of the no, right? Yeah. Uh, so the, the point is we're supposed to do, 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 give, 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 and um, all things, all people, all roles and smile while you're doing it. Mm-hmm. And then guess what? Nobody, nobody really reflects on how depleted you are in the midst of it. So the power of the no, the guardrails, like you're talking about, you know, the boundaries of it all only help 
um, really become more of a person of grace. Would you agree? Yeah, yes. And you have to have that. I mean, if, and again, that's probably been my, maybe one of my biggest lessons to learn is giving myself grace and giving other people grace at the same time, or to learn how to do that more and to actually forgive myself. And I'm a lot easier. It's a lot easier for me to forgive other people, but I have a really hard time forgiving myself. And that really is a sin. You know, God, once he forgives you, if you can't forgive yourself for the things that really is a sin, that's probably one of the biggest things that, that I struggle with, you know? Um, okay. So knowing that and knowing that, you know, that, Mm -hmm. um, how I, I'm just curious, like how you parent your kids with mm. that, because, you know, I what I hear you saying, and I, I struggle with this, it's like almost two voices in your head, the yeah. voice you come down on yourself with, right? Yeah. Like, oh, my gosh, Mary Susan, are you kidding me? Mm. How did you let that happen? And why? But then it's funny, I will translate that voice to be totally different when parenting oh. my kids, one of encouragement, yes. one, of, uh, one of forgiveness, like you, you mm. had um, said, you know, I'm wondering, do you, do you regurgitate that in your head the same way? I am so different. If I could hear the recording, if people could hear the recording of how I talk to myself, not always, but you know, I'm pretty, I'm, I'm kind of, I'm mean to myself, but to Ashlyn Brock and, and Brad, not at all. I mean, I am their biggest encourager. Um, they know that they can come to me. Um, I mean, from the time that they were little, you know, I would just, I was, you know, people always say you can't be a friend to your children. And I disagree with that. Not that you're going to be their best friend and you're going out and like having a party with them, but they know that they have a voice that mm -hmm. when we're having a discussion about making choices in your life, Ashlyn, at the time that she's a little girl at three, mommy, I want to cut my hair off, you know, or I want to grow this or I want to do this. And in my head, I'm going, oh, please no. Oh, please no. And like, you know, we go to the hairstylist, you know, Ashlyn, and they're looking at me. I'm like, it's Ashlyn's hair. Yeah. Ashlyn. Ashlyn decides what she wants mm -hmm. to do. And that has really worked for us as far as always having this, not getting crazy, not getting mad and intense. Um, but when they're acting out in a certain way saying, I want you to have, this is your decision. This is your life. Now, here's what I see happening. If you choose this, this is probably where you're going to go. If you choose it this way, this is probably what's going what's gonna to happen. But it's your life. You get to make the decision. And I feel like... Um, out well for us in that, but I'm definitely a lot harder on myself than I am on them. I, yeah, I totally relate to you there and just letting your kids have a form of express. Yeah. I always said, if it's not permanent, yeah, you know, exp expressing yourself, expressing your opinion, um, you know, is important to be able to do that. That's self-confidence. Mm -hmm. and, and, you know, for whatever it was in my upbringing, it was not, you know, it's kind of the generation of being seen and not heard. Yeah, right? I agree with um, you. And that's, that's just the way it went. That's just the way the parenting used to be. But I, 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 I always said, you know, we can, if you want to paint your room purple, let's yes, do it. We can right. repaint it in a month. Yes. If you want to cut your hair and listen, I have three girls. We have cut a lot of hair <laughs> and had tears after it. Yes. Like the time my, my daughter decided to get like layers and I'm thinking, oh. okay, all right. Right. You know, it's yes. a year to grow back, but you do you. Yeah, right? you got to let them learn. Like Ashlyn wanted to, it was, it's sectionals. And she has this beautiful, fine, blonde hair. It's so uh -huh. fine, right? And I know I it's going to it's gonna absorb color like nobody's business. And it's yes. not going to come out. She wants to dye it like navy blue, just like right. for, because it's sectionals. She goes, well, it'll wash out. And I go, 
Okay, if you want to do it, it's sectionals. But hey, Ash, I just want to let you know because your hair, there's a good chance that it won't. You know, but you can cut right. it out. Or let, she's like, you don't think it'll wash out? And I go, well, hey, you want want to test it? So anyway, she's with her girlfriends, and they just dye it navy blue, and yep. it would not come out. And it was months. Um, but you know what? She had to. You know what? If, if I would have told her no, yeah, you can't, if I, no, you can't things, do it. Right? What's she gonna do? She's gonna right, resent right? me. That's exactly right. And you know what? It may be permanent short term yeah. to them, but we know permanent, not long term. Right. So I, I'm right there with you. I, I you know, and some of those things they got to learn. So I, I totally hear you. And, and, you know, it's an opportunity for them to not only learn, but to express their voice yes. and, and all of that. So I love that. Okay. So you touched a little bit about um, lessons you have learned along the way. Is, is there any particular advice or, or that you've been given that somebody has stuck with you over the years that you would want to relay to, to anyone listening? There are two things and I hope I have time to talk about. I'll kind of try to say them both short and then we can talk about them more. One is, it's a, from a Bible verse and it's Proverbs 27, 17. And it's as iron sharpens iron, so, so one person sharpens another. And I try to teach this to the kids. Um, you know, we always had, you have, you have weekday friends and you have weekend friends. You're always expected to treat everyone with compassion and kindness and respect. But are they someone that you want to have as your top five? Um, because those top five, when you do an inventory of those closest to you, those who you spend the most time with, are they making you sharper? Are they holding you accountable? Are they motivating you? Are they forgiving you? Are they accepting of you? Are they loving you? I think that's important to remember those you are around, you will sharpen them, they will sharpen you, or they will dull you. You get to choose and you better choose wisely. That is important to me. My mom always taught me, fake it until you make it, right? But but more so today, the way I'd like to, I teach the, my kids and I, the way I like to think of it is, this kind of motto for our life is do it anyway, do it afraid. You do oh, I love do that. it sad, do it when you're happy, do it while you're grieving, wow. do it when you're ha um, laughing, do it when you're full of fear, because there are times in life when, you know, I, I was grieving the last five and a half years, and you know a lot about this story, which we don't have a lot of time to get mm -hmm. into, but I was in the, in the darkest, most just desperate grief of my life. And in that time, I still tried to, in those moments of being so angry and hurt and, and grieving, is to find joy and knowing that I trusted God and that he's going to use my pain for purpose. And that if we just trust and we, he'll just give us enough to get through to the next moment, what's on the other side is going to sharpen us even better than we are now. Um, but boy, when you're in it, it is so very difficult. Dark, like you said, it can be low. Thank you, Angela, for letting me interview you today. I'm so grateful for your insight and your wisdom. If you want to connect with Angela, you can find her on Instagram at agonote or on Facebook. And thank you for those who listen to the Mommy Magic Podcast. Subscribe if you haven't already and follow me on Instagram at at Mary Susan Buner and Mommy Magic on Facebook. Until next time, be bold, be brave, and inspire others.